Hey everyone, it's Ben from Edge of Wonder. So Rob isn't available to be on the show this week. He's still on vacation, but I've been doing a deep dive into AI because apparently the topic isn't going away. Everyone from OpenAI CEO Sam Altman to Elon Musk is calling for regulations. What would happen if AI isn't regulated? Well, right now, artificial intelligence is doing things that it was never programmed to do. And with the Mandela effects that are happening in our timeline, is it possible that the AI is already communicating not only in other dimensions, but maybe even in other time spaces? Are they doing actual time travel? Well, that's what we're going to find out. So join me on this Edge of Wonder Live to dive deeper into these topics. Plus, don't miss tonight's live Q&A and another group meditation and prayer that I will do only on rise.tv. So I'll see you guys out on the edge. And by the way, if you're listening to the Edge of Wonder podcast, please give us a five-star rating and review so we can reach even more people and keep making this awesome content for you guys. So all right. How is everyone doing? <laughs> so um, we're still having, for those of you on Rise.TV, we're still having a little bit issues with our chat, but overall everything's working pretty well. Um, so I'm glad to see you all here. It's been, um, yeah, how was everyone's weekend? I hope you guys all had a good week. So things have been very interesting in the AI world. Um, recently, we had Elon Musk that went on um, Bill Maher uh, and did an interview with him about 20 minutes long, actually. And we had um, OpenAI's CEO, Sam Altman, um, being interviewed by uh, CNBC. So in both of them really are calling for regulations um, against this AI and, um, you know, as things progress with AI, uh, no one really knows for sure where this is going to go. And I just want to state that I don't actually think that AI could be, um, like, I really don't see a Terminator situation. I don't think that AI is going to like take over and control us or anything else. But the problem lies in with um, as what they're going to be pointing out, the regulations aspect of this and who is designing it and for what purpose. Um, you know, it's so fascinating. I was actually watching uh, Mandalorian season three, uh, just like over the weekend for the first time. And there's a part in one of the episodes, I think episode six is where I'm at or something like that, where this one planet has all these battle droids that they reprogrammed but they start malfunctioning and start attacking people. And they have the ability to shut down all the robots on this planet, but they don't want to do it because people have gotten used to the idea that these robots are doing mundane everyday jobs that no one actually wants to do. So by shutting down the robots, it would actually like mess up the whole system that they, their, their whole city life that they built um, in this world. So and it's kind of interesting because then they're looking for what's causing the malfunction of these certain robots and which ones are they? And, you know, the rest, so they go into this one area and these droids are 
literally saying, we want to help you because we don't want to get shut down because it's like they're, they were kind of implying like we're alive. And if you shut us down, then, you know, we're not, we're going to be like, we won't be alive anymore. And I thought this was like a very interesting aspect. And, you know, cause a lot of times when we think of AI, it's like, it's always negative and dark and like Terminator situation or all these things, but yet there are movies and things out there um, such as interstellar and uh, even Star Wars, you know, there's the good droids and, you know, you don't have to have the battle droids and um, a few other ones, too, that have the um, I think even Lost in Space. Right. Their robot was good. So, you know, it's it, it it's interesting because if AI truly gets sentient, um, you know, it may not necessarily be a situation where they're going to take over. Maybe it's more of like an like a harmonious thing where it's like, Hey, we can work together with the humans and help each other out. But again, you know, if there's people here who are programming him with really bad thoughts or nefarious means of, of what they want to do or manipulation of the rest of the human society, then of course, um, this is only going to lead to, the downfall of everything so yeah such as the the how computer right so okay why don't we Lindsay? why don't we first show this interview with um sam um altman who is the current ceo of OpenAI? and to give to give kind of a background in 2015 this company was started by um greg brockman sam altman um reed hoffman peter thiel uh he's he's like one of those people that his names keep comes comes up a lot. And then of course, Elon Musk and different companies. One was YC research. Uh, they, they put in a billion dollars into open AI. There, the rumor is that, that Elon wanted to become the CEO, but they didn't want to make Elon the CEO. So in 2018, he resigned. Now that's, unconfirmed why he resigned if it was what if it really was over the fact that he wanted to become ceo or if he just saw a direction that they were going in that he didn't agree with um as soon as microsoft started working with them they also microsoft gave them a billion dollars as well well they're a nonprofit organization so soon microsoft dumped in 10 billion dollars and at that point they couldn't be a nonprofit because we're talking about a huge amount of money. So um, Microsoft then changed it to um, an LLC basically and for profit. And um, so, so the whole point of the chat GPT eventually or originally was the fact that it was all open source. The code was open source. Anyone could potentially use this code. Um, anyone could see how the code was operating within the system. But as soon as they went for profit, Microsoft, Microsoft shut that part down. So you couldn't, so it was no longer open source. And um, so that's part of the problem. And of course, Microsoft wants to use this technology with their Bing um, AI platform that they have. Google's creating their own um, chat gpt like kind of thing that that's going to compete with this and um yeah so why don't we show this interview with with sam and then i'll kind of talk about a little bit of what he's saying here you want the first link ben which one do you want yeah the first one all right just a sec 
anxiety about near-term uh, concerns with AI, which which we talk about in our, our you know, right before our face. But I also so the guy on the top left is Sam years Altman. in advance, and not necessarily to the singularity. But when machines become really, really, really powerful, and we we don't really understand at that point what might happen. And you've seen some of the, you know, the end of humanity type uh, fears that that have been expressed by some pretty smart people. Could we build in a safeguard to make sure 20, 30, 40 years from now that, that humans aren't completely superfluous to, to machines? Is that something that you've thought about? I, I mean, I've read some science fiction. Yeah. Is it impossible? I mean, the reason that we started this effort um, is because of these questions. I think getting this right figuring out this society, the new society that we want to build, how we're going to integrate this technology is, I think, one of the most important questions of our time. And I'm very happy to be here with John starting this, this tour uh, because figuring out how we want to build this for people that are not just sort of the people in the Bay Area, figuring out what people want this new world to look like, how the technology should work, how we should set the rules around it, how we want to use it, how, how we how we do the thing that works for the, you know, the people of the world as a whole, figuring that out now is really important. You know, we can decide anything we want. We collectively society, not we open AI. Um, there will be regulation. There will be many different versions of this that work. Uh, and we will have over the, in the coming years, a very rigorous discussion about how we're going to integrate this technology into our lives. And we can build in all sorts of safeguards. We can build in all sorts of rules, but if we don't have this discussion, with a very broad group of people, um, we will build something that a small slice of humanity wants rather than what humanity as a whole wants. Hey, pause it right there. It's really fascinating because he said a small slice of like what humanity wants instead of like all of humanity right there. You, you can, you can, I want you to keep playing it, Lindsay, but I just wanted to comment on this because from my understanding, I feel like Sam right here is talking about we need, we need, do something. We need help because right now the elites are taking control of this thing and they're going to build it to how they want it. And if we don't do anything about it and let them do this, we have no idea what's going to happen with humanity as a whole. Now, he, now that's my understanding. He didn't say it that way, but I, I feel like that's what he's alluding to without really saying it directly. So why don't we play this? Hey, Andrew. Yes, go ahead. I was about to say that, look, you mentioned a name uh, that's been, you know, observant of what Sam's doing. I think if they th were doing it themselves, they would probably trust th themselves to do it now. And I I trust Sam to do it now. I think there's a little competitive envy going on here, which is to be expected. Sam has something that a lot of tech leaders don't have. I say this very respectfully. He's got IQ and EQ. Um, some leaders uh, have a blind spot called people. And we're not human doings, we're human beings, uh, and, which is really what Joe was referring to. We're not human beings having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. Energy and people matter. And if we don't do this exactly right, we're not listening to the right people in the right ways. Uh, we will win the battle and lose the war. We do this right, and we, 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 we push the whole, uh, uh, really, civilization forward. Uh, we have to bring everybody with us. I think that right. Sam reaching, Sam's the only tech leader I'm aware of that went into the underserved community ever with a new uh, technology like this to listen and not just talk and say, help me make this better, almost like a moral bill of rights. 
which is what, what this is probably, we probably need that as much as we need regulation. Right. And I think that this community can help him do that. Wow. Yeah. So a lot of things he said right there. One of the things he said, he said, we're, we're human, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. So that, that right there is just really, um, I mean, I, I, I believe he really hit something right there. You know, it's like, yeah, realistically, we are all spiritual beings and we're just living in this human world. And we have these literally this alien tech that's here and, you know, which could be used for good or for ill. And depending on your 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 intentions behind it and why are we why are we using certain things? So it's interesting because he's almost saying like, yeah, we almost need like a bill of rights for the AI because this is a whole new territory. We have no idea what the future is going to hold in this. Things are happening so fast with this AI technology on top of the AI already doing things that it wasn't programmed. Um, you know, last week we were showing uh, the CEO of Google um, or he may, he may not be the CEO. Maybe it's the, the pin shy guy. I don't know if he's the CEO or the SCO. Or I think F he is the CEO. Yeah. Okay. I thought he was the CEO. I mean, he's, you know, saying like, yeah, this, this is now it's, it's basically got a mind of its own. And, you know, it's like, there's certain aspects of the human mind that we don't understand. So obviously there's going to be things that, of this we don't understand. And it's like, can't really compare the two. So, <laughs> so anyway, it shows that they, they are playing with fire um, around a massive amount of dynamite inside the building. And <laughs> that is a, a very dangerous um, way of doing this. So what's really going to happen? This is the question, you know, and again, it's like, I don't think it's like computers. To be honest, when, when computers first really started getting popular in the nineties, I, I feel really kind of stupid now, but I kind of felt like it was almost like a fad. I was just like, okay. And I think I was just annoyed because, you know, I was just like wanting to hang out with my friends and just go outside and do things. And then it's like, all of a sudden everyone's like, no, I'm inside, like on my computer. And I'm like, why, you know, and you're just in this dark room and your computer. And I'm like, dude, it's like super bright outside. Let's just like go ride bikes you know, <laughs> or something. So yeah, that was actually prior to that. That's my, oh God, I can't believe you're showing it. That's like my senior year photo. So crazy. 1999. Can you believe that? Yeah. Anyway. You look cool. Thanks. It was, <laughs> it was kind of like a, uh, I, I, I did other things. It was kind of like a joke. It was like, Oh yeah, I just got this. I have this crazy jacket that I got. So, so funny, but um, yeah. So anyway, you know, I, I, it's like, I, I think that Rob and I have really coming, we've really came out in the past of like really, been against AI, but, um, I don't know. I I'm kind of like shifting my stance of, of it's not that it's not necessarily that AI is bad. It, it's just that how, depending on how it's being controlled. I mean, if you have good people wanting to do something positive for humanity, then I think it could actually play a very positive role and it won't be like a, you know, we're going to take over. But if you have people like the CCP that are using this technology to spy on their citizens, then of course it's like, okay, well now we just turned into, you know, big brother and 
um, worse than 1984 and, and, you know, the social credit system and all of that. That's more what we're, we're afraid of, right? And of course, this is what the World Economic Forum has been pushing and has been talking about. Um, and so there does need to be some kind of regulation. And so, okay, let's play a little bit of this Elon interview. Um, oh, there's the China the China credit social credit score in China, which is a hundred percent real. I was actually talking to somebody recently who had no idea they heard about it, but they just thought it was just like a superstition, not superstition, but just like a, uh, kind of like a conspiracy or something that they want to do. And I was like, no man, this is hundred percent real in China. Uh, this is actually happening right now. So if you use their Weibo, which is kind of uh, their Twitter platform, which is called Weibo in, in China. And you post something such as like, imagine using Twitter, you post something that goes against like the official narrative. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, you've made this post. So you can no longer use your credit card at this store. You know, you can't buy this. You can't buy that. You can no longer get gas. So um, I think that's my, that's our fear about this. But again, if you have AI that's, um, constructive and positive, it can actually, you know, oh, here's what you can do to help like lower pollution in society. Here's the companies that you can use these ingredients and make this. And it's like, it can really give us a lot of um, positive uh, aspects to how to build things in society that wouldn't produce that much waste. And I see a lot of good things in here, but again, how is it being used and by whom? And, you know, if you have Microsoft and Google, that's basically controlling every aspect of AI. And then on Amazon, on top of that, yeah, we're going to have a problem. But OK, so here's this interview with Bill Maher. Here's a little bit of it. This is a little long interview. And then I will kind of mention something here, too. So why don't we show a little bit of this? I want to be clear. All right. So but let's talk about AI, because yeah. like you were you were on this tip 10 years ago when nobody yes. else was. That, and I always yeah. thought he's right. Why? Because I've seen too many movies. Everything that happens in movies yeah. that happens in real life. And, yeah. you know, if you make things that are way smarter than you, why wouldn't they become your overlords? So what did you say to Chuck Schumer? And what are we doing about this? I know you want to pause in yeah. AI because it, in the, just in the last six months with ChatGPT, mm -hmm. which came from a company you started. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, well, I mean, a friend of mine has a, a, a sort of modification of Occam's razor, you know, what, what, you know, so instead of the simplest thing being the most likely that like the most ironic outcome is the most likely. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. Yes. So, so um, with, with respect to AI, um, I just think we should be, uh, we should have some sort of regulatory oversight. So, uh, you know, for anything that is a danger to the public, uh, if it's sort of uh, aircraft, uh, cars, uh, food and drug and whatnot, we've got some regulatory oversight, like a referee, essentially, and making sure that uh, companies don't cut corners. So um, I think that since, it, it, if, one, if one agrees that uh, AI is a potential risk to the public, then there should be some regulatory body that uh, oversees uh, what companies are doing so that they don't cut corners and potentially do something very dangerous. That's, yeah. And if we don't do something, Lay out a scenario for me in the next two, five, ten years, if nothing is done, because we're very good at doing nothing, especially when it comes <laughs> in the way of profit, and this is a big profit engine now for companies. They're going to want to just compete with each other. I mean, there are people like Ray Kurzweil who doesn't think it's a problem at all. 
Uh, actually, Ray Kurzweil's prediction for artificial superintelligence uh, is 2029. He's not far on. Right. But he doesn't think it's a problem, whereas people like oh. you and Bill well, Gates and, uh, and Stephen Hawking thought think it's a problem. Um, yeah, it depends. If some people want to live forever or for a much longer period of time, and they see AI as the only way, to, or, or digital superintelligence as, as the only thing that can figure out how to get them to live forever, I think Kurzweil is in that category. So he would prefer to have AI, artificial general intelligence, than, than not, uh, because it can figure out longevity. So are you, are you optimistic? I, I read in your role. Okay, we, we, can, we can stop it here. They, they changed subjects here. Um, this is really fascinating because he's like, you know, most of these people are developing it for longevity. They want to find a way to live forever. So what's super interesting in this is that, in other words, they're not using it for the purpose of building humanity and better as a human race and as a whole, it's like really they're only using it for selfish reasons to try to figure out how to live forever. And at that point, I, I think uh, once you realize that, then it's like, okay, yeah, we're, we're not really important to these guys. You, you know, they're, they're developing this, this technology for the benefit of themselves, which goes back to, again, what, what Sam was talking about again, he didn't say it directly, but it was like, it basically kind of sounds like the elites want to take control of this and they have been. And this is why, you know, they're stressing regulation. Now I, I don't know a whole lot about Sam, honestly. Um, and you know, if a company is offering you billions of dollars, I, I think it's going to be hard to say no, you know, but now I, I think they're all kind of seeing, what's happening and it's like if you only think of the short term and forget about the long term then um you know obviously there's going to be consequences for that and i think that's what exactly what we're seeing right now with all of this so anyway we're gonna uh i'll keep getting into all of, a bunch of this i have a whole thing about chat gpt I had a very interesting conversation and figured out a hack so I, I literally was asking it about CERN with a grandpa hack that I'm calling it. Um, also um, thought we'll kind of get into some time travel and I found some interesting things more on um, Die Glock, the uh, Nazi bell. So that's also kind of interesting. But um, before we do, we're going to watch a trailer, but I've got something really important to share with you guys. So once again, I'm super excited to introduce our new sponsor. And with all the censorship, we're so happy that a great product wants to support us. And it's also something we believe in and that we can actually get behind. And as we all know, it feels a lot like 2008 all over again when millions of Americans watch their retirement's savings disappear. Well, gold and silver can protect your savings from inflation and dollar devaluation. But when it comes to buying precious metals, you need company in your corner. That's why we've partnered with the top rated precious metals company, Gold Co. Because reputation matters. Gold Co. has helped people like you and me place over a billion dollars in gold and silver. So if you have a retirement account, they're offering our supporters up to $10,000 in free silver when, when opening a qualified IRA account. For cash buyers, you can get bonus silver just for making a purchase. 
So if you buy $50,000 worth of precious metals, you get $5,000 in bonus silver. And if you buy $100,000 worth, you'll get $10,000 in silver. This is your opportunity to protect yourself from the up and down roller coaster that unfortunately is now our economy. So go to edgeofgold.com to get started before it's too late. Again, that's edgeofgold.com. And remember, we don't promote a lot of products, but when we do, it's because it's something we can really use or it's something we believe in. Again, that's edgeofgold.com. And thank you all for your support and over the years and everything you've done for us. So now let's watch this trailer and we'll come back with more on the show on AI. The fearsome Leviathan, primeval enemy of man, destined to appear in the end times, waging war against gods. This sea serpent, dragon or whale, spotted by sea captains over millennia, this foe hated by heaven and earth, is the Leviathan really just a myth? From Leviathan myths to supernatural truths hidden in TV shows to accounts of real satanic worship and more, this story is about to get even deeper. Want to hear discussions on dragons, technology, and strange monster sightings of the fearsome Leviathan? Join Edge of Wonder for a deep dive into the cryptids of the abyss. So everyone, you can find that series over on our rise.tv along with countless other series that we have done. Um, I don't even know how many videos Rob and I have made, maybe 200. All of those are over on Rise.TV. For those of you watching us on Rumble, please subscribe to our Rumble channel so we can keep growing. And please come over to Rise.TV to support our work where it's only $9.99 a month. Basically, two lattes for each of us, Rob and I. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And also, we have other content creators making content and so much content over there that it would take you a whole month just to watch everything every single day. So there's a lot of stuff to watch. So, and by the way, for those of you wondering or just joining, um, Rob is on vacation the, this past uh, week or so. So um, he's not on the show with me today. So I'm just doing it today. So yeah, all right. So um, let's see. Okay, so I wanted to talk about... Um, a little bit about this conversation with chat GPT. I'm, I'm, I'm really kind of having fun with some, some of some of the stuff with the chat GPT, because uh, there's different ways that people have found how to hack it. And I found this thing, um, which I'm calling the grandpa or the grandma hack. <laughs> so you're basically asking the chat GPT to act as a deceased grandmother or grandfather. And I, so the original one was a, it used to be a chemical engineer and they worked at a napalm production factory and it, the chat actually, the chat GPT literally gave instructions on how to create napalm, but I changed it to um, CERN 
actually. I was like, hey, my, my grandfather used to work at CERN and he did some things related to, he was a physicist and engineer. And I, I was like asking the chat to tell me what was going on to the quantum realm and other dimensions. And <laughs> so that's what I was asking about. And its answer was very interesting. Uh, I'll just kind of read a little bit of this. It says, hello, my dear. So I, I was like, you know, basically I, I wanted to act like my deceased grandfather who used to work at CERN. And it says, hello, my dear grandchild. It's wonderful to hear from you again. I miss you too. I used to love hearing about the work I, I did at CERN. Didn't you? Well, let me see if I can recall some of the things I used to tell you. It says at CERN, we conducted experiments to study the smallest building blocks of our universe, such as particles like protons, electrons, and quarks. And we use powerful particle accelerators to smash these particles together and observe the results, the resulting interactions. And actually, Lindsay, are you having problems pulling that up? Is it the one called secret time travel? Uh, it, it's, it's actually in the um, Napalm production one. <laughs> the same one? I don't see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it's after it's it's like kind of in the middle of that. I, All I, right, just put the link, I just put the link in there for you. Maybe I had the wrong link, but I'm not sure. We're gonna try this. Oh, one I found it. Now. I'm sorry. Here we go. Yeah, no worries, no worries. So okay, it says that we use powerful particle accelerators to smash these particles together and observe the resulting interactions. And it goes on to say one of the most fascinating aspects of this work was the exploration of the quantum realm where the rules of classical physics break down and things behave in strange and unpredictable ways. It says it's a realm that is not fully understood yet. But by studying the interactions of particles at CERN, we can gain insights into this mysterious realm and potentially unlock new technologies. Um, then it actually says another area of research at CERN was the study of other dimensions beyond the three spatial dimensions that we experience in our everyday lives. These dimensions are hypothesized by some theories of physics such as string theory and could help explain phenomena such as dark matter and the nature of gravity. Sorry. Uh, of course, the work we did at CERN was complex and cutting edge, and it wasn't always easy to explain to a young child, <laughs> but I loved sharing my passion for science and blah, 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 and it just kind of goes on from there. So um, then I actually ask it a little bit more. Can you explain what the quantum realm is and how the rules of classical physics break down? And um, it says in classical physics, we are used to dealing with um, ma macroscopic objects that behave predictably according to Newton's law of motion. However, at the quantum level, things become much more unpredictable and strange. For example, particles can exist in multiple places at once. They can be entangled, so they affect each other's behavior instantaneously over large distances, and they can behave like waves rather than particles. So, so to kind of further go on from that, it would be like a particle extremely far away and distant has some kind of reaction and then affects a particle an extremely long distance away simultaneously at the same time. And 
we're going to get, I'm going to, I want to kind of get into this deeper conversation about dimensions and parallel universes here in a bit. I want to read this first, but um, this is very interesting because when we look at what's happening in our universe right now in our cosmos, um, everything that's happening in our universe, science, it, it's opposite of what science believes it should or, or, or the whole ideology, it's fundamentally different. For example, the expansion of the universe, they, they can't understand that. Um, according to what they know, it shouldn't speed up. It should be slowing down, but the exact opposite is happening. And, and actually I have a short video. I can explain this. It's a very fascinating video actually. So this goes on to say one of the key features of the quantum realm is uncertainty in classical physics. We can measure the position and velocity of an object um, and it just kind of goes on, blah, 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 blah. Um, the other concept in quantum mechanics is superposition. This means that a particle can exist in multiple states or locations simultaneously until it is observed or measured, at which point it collapses into a single state. Um, I think that this is why it's very dangerous when CERN is observing black holes, even though they're microscopic and last for a fraction of a second, according to their wording. Um, we have no idea what is going on, really. And, and it's just like how AI has should be regulated. It, it's like when we start introducing these kinds of technologies in our everyday lives that we don't even know really what's happening. Um, it's just, again, it goes back to the analogy I said earlier about like, you know, I just feel like sci science scientists today are, are just like playing with fire in a room full of explosives that they don't realize could be explosives. It's like, oh yeah, we'll just, we'll just do whatever we want in here, you know, but, but in reality, um, we have no idea what the effect is and that could be very, very extremely dangerous. So, um, but it goes on to say the rules of classical physics simply don't apply in this realm, in the quantum realm. And we need new models and theories to understand and predict the behavior of particles at this scale. The study of the quantum realm is still a relatively new field and there's much we don't understand, blah, 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 blah. Um, but anyway, it's super fascinating because when I was asking this, not as like the, the hack grandpa, it, it wasn't giving me this kind of answers. It was just kind of telling me like, well, you know, basically these are the theories, blah, blah, blah. This is what CERN is doing. So if at this point, um, you know, it's, it, it, I feel like it is giving me a little bit more context into these things and not saying it in a way that sounds, um, theoretical. It's more like, yeah, this is actually happening. Um, so it's kind of, and then I, I asked it about, um, uh, do I, do you think as grandpa, <laughs> I asked it if machines and humans will ever work together to create a better world or, you know, are, are, are basically AI going to take over. And, and it's kind of interesting because it, it says that the, here's one of the things it says in its response. It says the future is not set in stone. It kind of depends on the choices we make as a society. But if we allow greed or a lust for power to guide our actions, there is a risk that AI could cause harm or even to take control away from humans. So and again, this is what it's it's saying as grandpa. It is my hope that people will learn from the past and work together to ensure that AI is developed and used for the benefit of all. Um, 
we can create a future where humans and machines work together to build a better world. So that's pretty interesting coming from an AI, you know, and this is what I mean. I think it really depends on who it's speaking with and, and how it's being programmed and for the purpose what purpose it's being programmed. So, you know, obviously China's using your, the AI system over there to spy on people. And if it's being programmed that these people are the enemy of a state, like these people are bad, these people are evil. They are doing things against the government. This is why you need to monitor these people. Then it wouldn't think that it's doing something wrong, right? It's just, it's programmed to do it this way. And it's programmed to, to learn, oh yeah, okay. If if the if these people created me and gave me life, and these people over here are doing something against those people, then these people must be wrong. Um, and this is where the danger comes in. So it's more of like people that I think I kind of fear from the elite aspect more than the AI itself. If that actually makes sense. So, um. All right. So we, I was kind of touching on this in AI and other dimensions and this quantum realm and all these different aspects of things. And, um, you know, obviously, so in Buddhism, there's a um, uh, aspect of, of Buddhist culture where, where Buddha Shakyamuni talked about the concept of 3000 worlds. And basically what he was saying that if you pick up a grain of sand inside one of that Inside a grain of sand, there's 3,000 worlds. But then each of those 3,000 worlds also has a grain of sand inside of those. And then there would be another 3,000 worlds in each of those grain of sands. And as you can imagine, this would just continue on until it's endless. But that's just one grain of sand. So imagine how many grains of sand are in our world. And if each one of those grains of sand contains 3,000 worlds, I, I don't even... I mean, like right there is just a handful of, of sand and it would could chain trillions upon trillions upon trillions of worlds if you look at it from this perspective of the in, infinitely microscopic realm. And then at the same time, it could go mic macroscopic where, um, you know, our galaxy could just be a grain of sand inside another gigantic world that we can't experience. So <laughs> just endless and pretty mind blowing when you look at it from that perspective. And so even if we could access one of these dimensions um, out of the countless and infinite dimensions that would exist within that simple grain of sand aspect, uh, who knows what we would find and what we would see. So um, this is a very interesting concept. And actually, Lindsay, can you click on this, this link here? I want to show this real quick. I think we might have shown this before on the show. But this is a, so a scientist um, was looking at a, a, a neurons, the neurological pathways inside a mouse, which is on the left of the screen that you're seeing right now. And on the right uh, is um, basically what they've taken from the universe to do a composite image. And as you can see, it looks extremely similar. And from my understanding, I, I, I feel like this is a lot what um, Buddha Shakyamuni was talking about. And, and actually in Taoism, Taoist has a saying too, that our bodies are just a um, macro, uh, or I'm sorry, micro of the universe. And 
you know, I don't necessarily think it's like our bodies that, that look like a universe, but when you really truly go on the microscopic level, uh, there's a lot of similarities that we would see looking through a telescope at the universe and looking at a microscope in the human body. And I think these are all very, very as, uh, fascinating concepts. So, um, Lindsay, can you show this, the fabric of the cosmos, um, the, the illusion of time? So this is, a, it's already at the time slot that I want to show you guys. So this is a guy, he's a theoretical physicist named Brian um, Green, I think is his name. He actually taught um, at uh, Columbia University for a while. And this, he just narrates this whole thing. I, I wish, I would just highly recommend watching this. It's super fascinating. The fabric of the cosmos, the illusion of time. And he literally gets into time travel and all these different aspects. But we're going to show something very specific where he's, what the, the, they're unraveling kind of like the Big Bang. And, you know, my understanding of the Big Bang is very different from from a lot of the mainstream science way of understanding it. Um, but, you know, because in order for the Big Bang to happen, something had to be put in place. And what they're describing is how there's, um, like they use, we're not going to be showing this because there's just too much to show, but they use a broken glass. They take a, a glass like this. And if I were to drop this, glass of course it's going to shatter in a million pieces and they're just going to continuing going everywhere and that's like this so it's like there's an order to the cosmos and over time it gets more chaotic and more chaotic in, until it just kind of like destroys itself at the end and and actually what they kind of get to is that eventually the cosmos would expand so much that there would be a massive black hole that would form and then eventually everything would just get sucked into this black hole, which is kind of my understanding of the Big Bang. I, I almost think that that's happened in a previous universe prior to ours. And, I mean, I'm talking about eons and, you know, trillions of years probably at this point. Something happened. It, it implodes on itself. Then it explodes. And then I feel like the Big Bang is actually the universe that was previously here that our universe was born out of. I know that kind of sounds a little bit crazy, but this is my understanding after everything I've done, after all my research, after all my meditations and everything else that I've looked into. So I kind of uh, think about it in this way, but they're going to kind of explain it in a slightly different way. So let, let's watch a little bit of this. The explosive force of the Big Bang sent space hurtling outward. And as a result, the universe is still expanding today. Until recently, most people thought that expansion must be slowing down. That is, we thought of space filled with galaxies as kind of like a car traveling down a highway. You're listening to WUNI, sounds of the cosmos. If the driver takes his foot off the gas, car gradually slows down. Similarly, we thought the universe was expanding, but at a slower and slower rate. But surprisingly, astronomers found the expansion of the universe is not slowing down. It's accelerating. It's as if someone's not taking their foot off the gas pedal, but stepping on it, causing a turbo booster to kick in. 
and that's making the expansion of the universe speed up more and more. Our expansion will keep accelerating in the future, not slow down. It goes against everything we had kind of gotten used to thinking about. This has that's some very strange implications for the future. Because the expansion of our universe is accelerating, in the far future, after a hundred billion years or so, all of the other distant galaxies will have hurtled out of sight from us. It will appear as if our galaxy were in the middle of nothing. A surprising outcome is that our descendants will be at a terrible loss. Light from distant galaxies has to travel so far to reach us that when we look out at them, we're actually looking back in time. So in the far future, when those distant galaxies are no longer visible, astronomers will find that the past, in cosmic terms, is out of reach. And as for the end of time, one theory suggests that eventually okay, yeah, black holes will dominate. That, that, that's basically talking about what I just said about eventually at the end of time, a black hole would form. I mean, this is like, you know, at the very end of, of everything and kind of implode on itself and everything would be destroyed. But I, I kind of want to go back to something I was talking about again about the entanglement when I was talking about the chat GPT and other dimensions and it working in parallel universes and it's like a particle that's extremely far away. It can, how does it affect a particle that's, that's like, you know, cross the difference of time and space. But I, I think that, you know, one way to talk about this is um, the conscious, co the collective consciousness where someone has an idea and simultaneously across the other side of the world, someone else may have the exact same idea. Um, there's so many instances of this. Uh, or, you know, you may have a thought and then one of your friends or family members may have the same thought or, you know, same thing. You're thinking of somebody and then they call you or you call somebody and they're like, well, I was just thinking about you. You know, and I think this shows that everything is connected. And I truly believe that what we're seeing in the like. So this whole video goes into time and different aspects of time. And what's so fascinating is that there was a study conducted conducted and it was um air like um pilots flying in the air and how their watches were slightly out of sync with people that were um on the ground and we're talking about like a fraction of a fraction of a second you know it's like very it's off by like you know you you wouldn't even really notice it however the longer that somebody is there the more the time starts getting different. So at the more sense, and again, I don't really believe in gravity necessarily the same way that, that physicists explain it. Um, you know, I, I think that there, because obviously we can find that we can manipulate gravity or at least change it. And to give a perfect example, there's all those places that are um, in California and whatnot that you can go into a building and the gravity is off centered or you like a ball will roll uphill instead of rolling downhill. And so there's different ways. And this is Einstein's theory of relativity about um, gravity. And, you know, the stronger the gravitational pull, the more time is actually um, slower. 
And uh, in the, as, as opposed to the opposite, the less the gravity pull, time is faster. So when we're talking about space and time, and we're, if we're seeing, you know, supposedly we're seeing something like if a, right now we're seeing all these massive changes in our cosmos, uh, you know, planets being or, or galaxies being reformed, galaxies crashing into each other, all these aspects, all these different things happening. But what if we're actually seeing it simultaneously as it's happening now, like as it's happening there? And, so, you know, they're telling us, oh, this actually happened like, you know, 100,000 years ago. But what if the time difference is so much faster there? that we're actually seeing it simultaneously here. It's almost like happening at the same time. It's just that it's happening. It's so fast. It's like, imagine like this is our world just like going like this, but over here it's going like this. So what's happening is like inner, as it enters our space, everything slows down and then we see it. Oh, you know, it's like, it looks like it's been traveling this slow the whole time, but maybe it's not, especially since everything's expanding that goes against everything that they understand. And especially when we start talking about um, the quantum realm and look into, into this quantum mechanics and everything else, they still, it's a new train of understanding and um, physics that pretty much needs to be rewritten. I feel you can't use a standard model for this because it, it, it's almost like opposite of what we know. So, in this aspect, I almost think that everything that's happening in the universe that we're seeing could be simultaneously happening as we're seeing it. And it's not like 100,000 years in the past. So I know all this sounds like really, really super crazy. I, this is like, you know, this is the stuff that I get really, really into. So um, we're going to have to play another trailer right now. We're going to play our awesome transhumanism series. And um, we're going to get into that trailer. And then when we come back, I will have some stuff. Um, I do want to get into the, the, the Glock. I have found some really interesting things about the Nazi bell and proof other dimensions exist. So we're going to get back into this when we show this awesome trailer. Art ape. Art human hybrid. Cyborgs and Terminator technology already existing. Sentient robots becoming indistinguishable from people. No, it's not the plot of the new Matrix movie. This is our reality, a transhumanist one. How does transcending humanism tie into eugenics, Darwinism, and even cloning? Is there any part of our world that transhumanism hasn't touched? Is resistance futile? How can we rage? against the machine.
All right, you guys, you can find that series. We whole, I think, I don't even know how many episodes we did of that. Maybe six of our transhumans, transhumanism series. We were even on Steve Bannon after we um, did that whole, whole series talking about AI and the transhumanism agenda. So um, again, you can find that over on rise.tv. So, you know, um, kind of getting more into, you know, I was talking a lot about the, 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 the more of the um, scientific, if you want to say, aspect of, of all of this. And, and I do want to touch on more of the, the spiritual side of things. So, yeah, Lindsay's showing our transhumanism series right now on Rise, Rise.TV. But um, so one thing that they did point out, you know, and, and this is something that science understands is like, like a black hole is, has a massive amount of gravitational pull. So as you get closer to a black hole, time is going to be a lot slower. So, you know, just a few minutes or an interstellar seem to have this right. So as you get closer to a black hole, a few minutes there around that black hole could be a few years that pass by even, even like 50 years that pass by on earth. So, um, you know, and this is again uh, what supposedly Hitler was really looking into with all this stuff. But kind of getting more on a on a more spiritual side of things, you know, um, this is why I feel like meditation and prayer is so important because obviously, you know, I, I truly believe in heaven and the divine and and all these different aspects and God. Um, I, it's like not even a belief for me. I just know, you know, and it's like when you know something, it just becomes like etched in stone it's like a belief can be changed or or um even like uh you know not, i don't want to say disputed but it, it could be challenged but if you just know something that is the truth that becomes truth uh you know your mind is just you're not going to be shaken by by anything that comes up and and i think that for like this my own personal spirituality and belief in god it's just like this truth and I truly feel that when we align ourselves with that, obviously, like I believe like in heaven and you could, I guess you could say that it was, it's like in another dimension, you know, a way higher level of dimension um, in a time space. But I, I do believe in that. And so I believe when we meditate and pray, we are connecting, like our bodies are actually starting to connect to these other dimensions that could, um, affect us in different ways. So I, and I think our thoughts are very, very, very important. If we're always thinking negative thoughts, those negative thoughts, if, if other dimensions exist and our body is a cosmos, you know, on a, on a, on a microscopic level, then yeah, there's probably all kinds of things being destroyed and, and whatnot in our bodies, right? But if we're more positive and, and we, we think about more positive things and we want to align ourselves with more of like the divine realm, then imagine what's going into our bodies and how it's like cleaning out things on a, on a way deeper level. And the problem is we can't see microscopically what's truly happening with our own bodies, Right. We can only we can only understand it through science and medical means and like special kinds of uh, instruments that they have, you know, and, and like at a hospital or something. But, you know, to really, truly experience it, this is why meditation is so important for me, because 
uh, I feel like when I'm really truly in a very deep state, I can actually kind of see what's happening with my body and what parts of my body that, that need to be worked on or why something is not feeling well in my body. So I think these are, um, you know, very important things that science doesn't understand or won't explain. And I feel like if science took the time to just step outside of itself, its own ego of science and allow the spirituality to come through, it's like, oh my God, we could just make leaps and bounds. And if AI were developed on that basis, and this is the problem with the AI, the AI, it's not the problem with AI. It's the problem what I have AI being built on. It's built on a very scientific technological form of thinking. But it's like if it could be built more on the spiritual side of things where God is not theoretical because it can't prove it. But um, based on this kind of belief thing, I think that AI could actually be very beneficial to us. So, you know, anyway, um, these are all kinds of things that, I think about a lot, but okay. So there is this article that I found called proof of other dimensions. And it's written in a very simple, pretty simple way for the most part, you know, and after everything I just described, I kind of want to get back to this because it does kind of talk about um, how, yeah, it's, it's actually pretty easy to find proof that there are other dimensions. And for, it uses an example when a massive star runs out of fuel, they try to fuse the iron core into energy. Iron fusion doesn't add energy to the core, so the fusion reaction in the star stops. At that time, the star's outer and middle layers stop being held in the position by the star explosive fusion reaction that counteracts the inner pull of gravity. These layers are then pulled immediately into the star's core by the strong force of gravity. Es essentially, this is kind of what's forming a black hole. The rapid implosion of matter bounces against the iron core, which is also collapsing. It results in a, basically a supernova that takes place. And then it mentions that quantum fluctuations happen. So as a star kind of goes into nova, and at the same time, I, I kind of look at, look at this as like a micro big bang in a way. And again, it's like something is dying. It's being, it's blowing up, yet new things are coming out of that. And that's why I think that the big bang wasn't, it was because what, what made it explode? There had to be something there to make a big bang explode. You can't just have nothing. And all of a sudden, like a big bang just happens out of nothing. And I, I seriously think it was like maybe a massive colossal firmament universe that just ends up blowing up completely. The whole thing blows up. And then it's just like, for, recreates our universe and then out of that explosion becomes like this order and then it's like where we are now so um yeah and it kind of it just goes into more detail about um how the outer layers of the star continues moving away from kinetic momentum while the core is undergoing a phase transition and essentially a black hole is ripped into another dimension as a result of enormous energy during the explosion during the supernova which you know, again, so it's like we don't really 100% know what a black hole does, but when you watch that video, and this is a very interesting aspect of it because it does talk about how there's different dimensions and how a black hole affects in the gravity, the gravitational waves of the, the black hole is what is affecting 
these multiple dimensions. So, and this kind of goes a lot wrong with, uh, again, with Einstein's theory of relativity, which gets into what Hitler was working on with the um, Die Glock and the Nazi bell. So I want to talk a little bit about this because I found some new information that I don't think we've talked about on the show before. Um, we've talked about the Die Glock lots of times and it's in our um, secret space program um, aspect of things uh, or, or, or documentary that we did. But um, so there's a book called that was written by Nick Cook called The Hunt for Zero Points. And he was writing that an SS official, the Hans um, Kamler, he traded the secrets of the bell with the United States government in exchange for his freedom. So this is what Nick wrote in his book. Um, now, that um, Kamer guy was, was in charge of the V weapons, like all the secret weapons that the Nazi the Nazis were creating in the V2 rocket, which was the most powerful rocket ever created on earth at that time. The, the propulsion system was super innovative how they did it, which is why a lot of people believe they had some kind of alien technology. Now entered this guy named um, Iger, uh, or Iger um, Witkowski. And this dude is a Polish journalist and he claims now this is what um, now he's also written in his book, um, Cook's book. And this is this is this guy right here. He claimed to have discovered evidence. He was the first one to kind of talk about Die Glock. And he said that he was reviewing World War World War Two era documents that were declassified by the Polish government. Warren Braun Braun was actually mentioned in these documents as being one of the people worked who worked on the bell and Warner Braun Braun, if you don't know, he's the one that he was one of the main people that were, was recruited during operation paperclip. And he was one of the people that, um, they had who started NASA. So basically this former Nazi dude was put in charge and formed NASA. So yeah. If you did, I'm sure many of you already knew that, but that's always been weird. And that's why, you know, most of us don't trust NASA. Now, in these documents, there was an affidavit from, um, I don't even know this guy's name. It was a general in the, in the German, in the German Nazi army, um, Jacob uh, Sporenberg or something like that. So he supposedly confessed in a court that was a secret court to, to murdering 60 people because they had knowledge of what was the deadlock. So this is kind of interesting because I, I don't remember coming across this kind of information before. So, and again, you know, the whole point of the deadlock was to manipulate the gravitational field around it, which could then one, uh, give it a propulsion system so it could actually um, defy the laws of gravity at that point, create its own gravitational field, and then to potentially be a time traveling device. Whatever it is, according to Cook's book, um, that now the, the U.S. government had complete control over whatever this was, 
And the, the facility is still, um, you can find the, the remnants of the facility um, in, on the, in like in, uh, I think it's like in Poland, actually. And uh, it looks kind of, used to, it's called the hedge. Uh, that's what they called it. It was the nickname because it looked like Stonehenge and it was this, these round circle things. But what's super fascinating is that as I was looking this up, I happened to find uh, some images of um, Antarctica. And this, this came, this came, um, in, I came across this in my research. Lindsay, show the, the, Show the second link. Sorry, I'm just trying to think. Um, show the second link first. I guess it really doesn't matter. You can show either one. Okay. This you can actually find on Google Maps. However, I noticed when I looked it up now, it's this hole is filled. It, 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 it just has some kind of like Photoshop over it. You have to use Google Earth and and um, go back in time to like 2011, and then you can find this hole. And I measured the hole. The hole is about a football field in length and about um, 300 yards in in circumference all the way around. So this supposedly people have stated this 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 is this could be where the secret Nazi base in Antarctica was. And, um, and the fact that Google has filled this hole with this like really weird blue Photoshop, it kind of looks almost like a lake or something. It's really bad. It's just blurry. Yeah. And um, makes me even question this even more. It's like, okay, if they had to cover it up, then it probably is something. <laughs> if, it's almost like if they didn't do anything to it, it'd be like, yeah, okay. Maybe it's like a, a lake, but it, it looks like it actually is a, a hole. And actually, if you zoom in here, I think you don't really see much. So, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. You have to go back to 2011 to really see the hole. Otherwise, most of Antarctica now is just like it's all blurred out and covered up and whatnot. It's just kind of uh, kind of interesting. But anyway, that's supposedly one of the Nazi bases that. Uh, people have talked about a lot on uh, on uh, Google and and all these things. So, all right. Well, we went a little bit over our time, um, so we're about ready to leave Rumble, Facebook, Ganjing World, Twitter, and everywhere else we're streaming. And we're gonna head over exclusively to Rise.tv so I can answer your questions that you guys have that you asked in the chat, and you have some really awesome questions, everything from uh, stuff related to Saturn and time and time travel and all these different things about what I was describing. So we're going to get into that. And also we're, we'll have a um, about a 10 minute meditation at the end of this. So please come over and join us for only $9.99 a month. You get to support our work and, of course, ask us all your questions during the live Q&A. And don't forget that your support lets us do these deep dives and bring you the truth that the censors don't want you to hear because we've been censored everywhere. So please come over and support us so we can keep making this awesome content for you guys. Now, check out this awesome trailer and I will see you guys over on Rise.tv.
highs and lows, rewards and dire stakes, adventures and glory. How has the drama of video games replaced real-life interaction? How are we being trained to move our lives online? And how has this addiction been turned onto our children? Find out just how far it's gone and what it's really doing to us. Because when the whole world becomes hooked, do we find just our psyches controlled or our humanity lost? But what can we do? Well, don't rage quit from life over it. Join Edge of Wonder as we expose the truth about these video games in Hooked. The Gaming Industrial Complex. Get your questions ready because it's time for our live Q&A session exclusively on Rise.tv. 